Uh, get it when you go out. There's a little gift for you uh, on the way out. Uh, I think it's a popcorn with something written on it. You have to provide your own movie and get your own soft drink, but there's popcorn for you. So we want you to have that. So uh, don't forget to grab that. There was a guy that went to the doctor and he didn't get a good report from the doctor. The doctor said, listen, you're, you're in terrible shape. And, and if you don't do something, you could die in the next month. And he said, you're under too much stress. You're not eating right. You need to tell your wife that she's got to start cooking more nutritious meals. You need to have her help reduce the stress. Have her keep the kids off your back so that you can relax. Then you need to have her make a budget and then if she'll do all this, you should recover completely. Otherwise, you're going to be dead in a month. And he, and he was quite shaken by this report from the doctor. He said, Doc, could you please call my wife before I get home and tell her all these things? And he said, sure, I'll do that. So he got home. And his wife came running out to the car and said, Poor man, you're going to be dead in 30 days. <laughs> uh, so happy Father's Day, right? Um, one little boy asked, um, what, is the, what is the deal? Can you explain about Father's Day? And, and the little boy said, well, it's just like Mother's Day, only you don't have to pay as much for the presents. Um, and, and, you know, traditionally Father's Day has kind of taken a backseat. Mother's Day, we, you know, usually this year was kind of different because of, of COVID-19 and everything, but usually everybody's dressed up for Mother's Day. There's flowers given out to make a big to-do and everybody's excited. And then Father's Day is like, yeah, here's a tie, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and and it's, not, it's not that big a, a deal, but, you know, um, you know mothers are, are way more, uh, I'm going to get in trouble, um, emotional. And they, they have all of these things going on that us men sometimes don't. And, and maybe that Father's Day is not as big a deal because we're not, guys aren't as sentimental as women are. There, and to, to exemplify this, there was a mother who left her room in the maternity ward to go down to the nursery. And she found her husband staring at the newborn baby, and she goes, oh my gosh, her heart was just melting. Look at him just studying the baby. And, and she'd watch for a while, and she just couldn't believe how intently he was looking at the baby, and she snuck up behind him and put his arm, her arm in his and said, what are you thinking right now? And he said, I just don't understand how they're able to make a crib like that for eighty nine ninety five. You know, <laughs> we're not as sentimental. We think about things like, I don't know how many times my wife is like, what, are you upset? I'm like, no, I was just trying to figure out how come the lawnmower wouldn't work right or whatever, you know, well, that's kind of how we operate us guys. And so maybe it's fair that Father's Day is not as big of a deal, but the Truth is, Father's Day is significant, and, and it is important for us as fathers to be good fathers. Um, James Dobson, in his book, Dare to Discipline, said that good fathers are made, not born. Good fathers are made, not born. He goes on to suggest that there's three things that a father could keep in mind if he wanted to be a good father. First of all, children will oftentimes follow in the footsteps of their father. Many, uh, when, when a child is young, usually there's an attachment to mom. But the truth is, many 
will, after they get to those older years, they begin looking to the Father and they start acting like the Father acts. So if He's calm and peaceful, they become calm and peaceful. And so there's a huge significance in the fact that our kids look at us as fathers and they're going to do what we do. And so we need to be careful what we do because they're going to do what we do. Uh, Another thing um, is that he suggested is that one of the greatest things a father can do for their children, and listen to this, guys, is love their mother. You do your child the greatest service by loving their mother. Young boys learn how to treat women according to how their fathers treat their mom. We do our children a great service if we can love our wives. And Paul spoke to that in, in Ephesians 5 verse 25 and he talks about that he loved the church and we're to love our wives like he loved the church, gave himself up for her. I, I can't say enough that, that guys tend to be pretty self-centered. No elbowing, but the truth is we kind of think of ourselves and we want to watch what we want to watch. We want to do what we want to do. No, I've got this project. I haven't got time for that. And we need to understand that God calls us to give ourselves up for our spouses and to surrender our wants and desires for the wants and desires. So we show ourselves to be a good father by loving the mother of our children. The third thing he says is spend time with your children. No matter what, spend time with them. You cannot buy them something and equal time spent. Time spent with your children is the greatest thing that you can do. Some of us have already passed that where our kids are already gone. Some of you are here, you got still got a lot of time left. Spend time with your kids. That will be the thing they will remember. They will never remember the toy that you bought them, but they will remember the time that you spent with them and they'll remember those memories and they'll take those into the rest of their life well I can say that without a doubt being a good father and a good husband is the most challenging responsibility we as men will ever face Uh, you give us a job to do we can we can whip that we can accomplish that you give us a task we can accomplish that but this is probably the greatest and most challenging task we will ever face is to be a good dad and father. To be a good father, you need a model. Just like those children of yours are going to model themselves after how you act, we need a model. And so, obviously, we're in church and we're talking about God. We're going to look to the Father in heaven as the model for how we live our lives as fathers. The first thing I want us to look at today, and I apologize, we have the Happy Father's Day. That's going to be the slide for the whole sermon. I've been busy this week, (laughs) and I did not get slides, so apologize for that. The first thing we need to understand about the Father in Heaven is that God loves His children. God absolutely loves His children. In 1 John 4, 19, He says, we love because He first loved us. He loves us tremendously. And again, in verse uh, Romans 5, 8, it says, God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinner, Christ died for us. 
Now, God didn't wait for us to meet his expectations and then give us love. And sometimes we as earthly fathers, we're like, well, did you finish your room? Okay. Did you clean up everything? Okay, now I'll give you some love. God didn't wait for us to get it right to show love. And we as fathers need to model our actions after the actions of our, eternal, our heavenly father that love is given regardless of whether the task gets done. Love is given regardless of whether they do everything right or not. And we can, uh, we can demonstrate that we are following our Father by loving our children in that way. Um, you know, it's amazing. God has to be angry at times with the way that we act. I know, I'll speak for myself, I know that God must have been angry at me many times for my own sinfulness and my the way I've acted. But he never acted on that anger. He always acted in love toward me. Even though he was angry, frustrated, he never, ever stopped loving me. And he has never stopped loving you. Paul says in Romans eight thirty eight thirty nine, I am convinced neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's huge. We need to know that we have a Father that loves us regardless of what we do. For you fathers, love needs to be your number one priority. Regardless of whether that child does everything right or whether he accomplishes everything you hope that he did, Love has got to be the overriding factor if you want to be the father that God's called you to be. Years ago, there was a, a famous writer. She was kind of a comedian, uh, Christian woman, Irma Bombeck. You guys, some of you older people have probably heard of her. Uh, some of you younger people may not have. But she wrote this on fathers, and I, I want to read this. And this is not, this is not, I'm sure she didn't wasn't in heaven to see how it happened, but this is not truth, but this is her idea. It says, when the Lord was creating fathers, he started with a tall frame. An angel standing nearby said, well, what kind of a father is that? If you're going to make children so close to the ground, why, why have you put fathers up so high? He won't be able to shoot marbles without kneeling. He won't be able to tuck a child into bed without bending over. He won't even be able to kiss a child without stooping. God smiled and said, yeah, but if I make him child size, who will the children have to look up to? When God made the father's hands, they were large. The angel shook his head and said, I don't think you want to make hands that large. Large hands are clumsy. They can't manage diaper pins and small buttons and rubber bands or ponytails or even remove splinters caused by baseball bats. God smiled and again said, I know. But they're large enough to hold everything a small boy empties from his pocket at the end of the day, yet small enough to cup a child's face in his hands. Then God molded long, slim legs and broad shoulders. The angel nearly had a heart attack. Boy, this is the end of the week, he said. I can tell. How's he going to pull a child close to him without the kid falling between his legs? God smiled and said, A mother needs a lap, but a father needs strong shoulders to pull a sled to balance a boy on a bicycle or hold a sleepy head on the way home from the circus. Well, God was in the middle of creating two of the largest feet anyone had ever seen when the angel could not be controlled any longer. That is not fair, he said. Do you honestly think that those large boats are going to get out of bed early in the morning when the baby cries? 
or walk through a small birthday party without crushing at least three of the guests. Again, God smiled and said, They'll work, you see, you'll see. They'll scare off the mice at the summer cabin and leave footprints that will be a challenge to follow. God worked throughout the night, giving the Father few words, but a firm voice and eyes that saw everything. Finally, almost as an afterthought, he added tears. Then he turned to the angel and said, Now, are you satisfied that he can love as much as a mother? And the angel was silent. We're not the same. Guys, God made us different. God gave mothers the ability to do one thing, and he gave fathers the ability to do another. And we have our task that God's called us to. God didn't call you as a father to be a mother. That doesn't mean you can't help change a diaper, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But God's called us to a different task and a different role. And we need to live in that role and recognize that we as fathers, our number one job is to love our children. We are to love our children. Well, the next thing I want to kind of bring out this morning is that what God does for us is He encourages us as children. He encourages His children. There was a psychologist that told about going to school as a little boy, and he failed a test in math. And so the teacher's like, well, you're not any good at math, and wrote a letter home to his mom, said that he's terrible at math. He's never going to be a good math person. And so the psychologist for years and years just failed at math, and he disbelieved that he wasn't good. Then all of a sudden, one day in class, the teacher wrote a problem on the board, and no one could solve it. And he looked at it and said, well, I can solve that. And he went to the board, and everyone's like, what are you doing? You're terrible at math. And he stood up and solved the problem and realized all of a sudden that he was good at math. But he never believed that in himself. He was never encouraged. No one ever told him, you can do that. You can be good at that. And so we oftentimes live down to what we're told. You're not any good at that. Well, okay, I'll just never try. We need to encourage our children. God encouraged us. In Joshua 1.9, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God saw the things his children could do, and he encouraged them to go do those things. Sometimes it's much easier for us as fathers to be critical and say, you did that wrong, than it is to say, hey, I want you to try at that. I think you'd be good at that. I'd like you to give that another shot. What change we could bring in our children by simply saying, I'd like you to try. I believe in you. I think you can do it. We need to be encouragers like God was encouragers. It's so important for us to also watch our words. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome speech come out of your mouth, but only what is good for edification according to those that are around. So many times, and we as dads sometimes let words fly that are not encouraging to those around. And it's so easy It's so easy for us to let those words fly with our children. 
they can't defend themselves. They, they have no way of understanding why it is the hateful language comes toward them. We need to watch that. And instead of discouraging our children by, not, by telling them they can't do that or by speaking down to them or speaking harshly to them, we need to demonstrate that we want to encourage our children and raise them up uh, to be godly young men and women. Well, the third thing that we find in, in the Bible is that God disciplines his children. Now, this is something that some families in latter years have said, you know, taken a soft stance on discipline. Well, no, we shouldn't discipline. We should just, just time out will fix everything. Well, sometimes time out doesn't fix everything. God says, I discipline, and there's a reason for that. And so we need to understand that proper discipline is something that is necessary. There was a, there was a man who had triplets, all boys. And they were diehard. They would support one another no matter what. They had each other's back. If somebody did something, no, nobody would rat them out. And somebody asked the father, so, so how do you know if something happens, how do you know who did it? He said, I just send them all to bed, and whoever wakes up with a black eye is the one that did it. And, and they took care of their own justice. But there is a time when discipline is absolutely necessary. And if you as a father are letting discipline go, you are not fulfilling your role as a God-given role of being a parent in the household. And this, I don't really love you. Because according to God, discipline says... This is one of the ways that we say we love our children. The man who disciplines his children wisely is reflecting, reflecting the character of God. We discipline because we love our children and it teaches them responsibility. We want our children to grow up and to be respectful of other adults, we respectful of their peers, and so we discipline out of that responsibility. Well then... Another part of this is that there is a responsibility that we have. God um, uh, has said it is our responsibility to raise up our children in the training and the instruction of the Lord. God has laid that on us. And as fathers, God structured the family so that the husband and the father is supposed to be the leader in that. And so we are supposed to step out. We are to train our children and we are to teach them. We have a responsibility. Psalm 78, Deuteronomy 6, and many other Bible passages talk about, talk to your kids when they wake up. Talk to them when they're sitting on the sofa. Talk to them about God. Teach them about Jesus, because that is your responsibility. So as, as, as husbands, as fathers, we have a responsibility to make sure that our children are, are taught what it means to follow Christ. One of the things I love seeing is um, the hand kids and, and, uh, and your kids singing the, the music along. And, and I look at them and I'm, they're not even looking at the screen. They know this. That tells me something's going on in the homes that, that they're teaching their children good things at home. It's not just they didn't just come to church on Sunday and learn that song. They're listening to it at home. They're being taught good things. That's awesome. And I love to see that. Every one of us needs to understand as a father, we have a responsibility. And, and, and a lot of us men tend to say, well, I want to leave the spiritual stuff to mom, and mom will teach the kids. That's not, that's not what God said. God said it's your job. It's your job as a father 
to train up your children to teach them about God. There was a parable told one time of three fathers who, who each had small children and they wanted to teach their child about God. And so they went about it in three different ways. One taught the child about the power and the might of God. As they would walk down through the pathway of life, every time they would come to the tall trees, they would, he would talk about how God was huge and taller than all the trees and mighty and awesome. And uh, as they walked into the hot sun, they say, this is God's sun. He made it and he could cause it to be so hot that he could fry you if he wanted to. And all the plants and, and the field would die if he made it that way. Again and again, he hammered home the power of God and how the child must be obedient to God. And then one day, that child came face to face to God and he ran behind his father and hid. Because what he was taught was that God was powerful and mean and destructive. And if you get on his bad side, you're in trouble. Another father realized his responsibility to teach his child about God. And he tried to teach all the important lessons he knew. As they looked at the trees, they only stopped for a moment to gaze at the trees. As they looked at the flowers, they hurried on by. He told stories, but they were hurried and crammed together. He filled the child full of facts, but he never taught him how to live or how to love God. And finally, the day came when they stood before God, but the child only God gave God a casual glance and turned away because the father was just casual about God. The third father felt the tender touch of his child's hand in his and he adjusted his steps to the tiny steps of the child. They walked along stopping to look at all of God's beauty and grandeur. They walked in the fields, they picked the flowers, they felt the delicate petals and they smelled their fragrance. They watched a bird in flight and another building a nest and laying eggs and sitting on them till they hatched. They watched all the beauties of nature while the father told child, the child about stories about God over and over again. Finally, one day in the twilight of her life, they saw the face of God, and without hesitation, the child put her hand in the hand of God. How your children will turn out depend on how you as fathers act as a father. And if you don't want to, if you didn't want to be responsible for that, you should have never had children. Because God says that's your role. Your job as a father is to give guidance to your children and lead them. I'm, I'm glad there's a Father's Day, even though there's not as much hoopla over Father's Day. And I haven't gotten a tie in years. I, I can't remember the last time I got something for Father's Day. That, that doesn't really matter to me. But what I care about is being a good father. And I care about seeing the people that I am close to being a good father. My wife will tell you, okay, this is this father being, guy being, maybe losing my man card, but there are certain things that destroy me and make me cry. A good father-son story does it every time. Every time I can hardly control myself when I see a father doing the right thing with his kid. Just showing him the kind of love and, 
and f- or finally coming around, you know. One of the things that I loved about that, that movie, I can only imagine, is finally the father came around and he just was loving on his son. And there is something special. And when I see that, when I see that in you, my heart is stirred within me. When I see that in anyone, I love to see a good father and son story. And that doesn't exclude the girls because you need to love on them the same way. But for me, I was, I was a son that didn't really have that great relationship with a father. So when I see that, it moves me tremendously. And I want you to know that God is moved when you show that same kind of love for your children. Sons, daughters, when you love them, God looks and says, yes, yes, this is what I made him for. So I'm glad that there's a Father's Day because you all need to take a bow and you all need to be challenged to step up and do the right thing. We're coming to the end of our service this morning and I just want to, to say again, guys, I'm, all the fathers that are here, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you've labored to your best to, to serve God by serving your families, loving your wife, loving your children. Continue to do that. And the challenge is for you to step up all the more. If you found yourself like, eh, I don't do that so well, then the challenge for you is to step that up a little bit. It's never too late to change. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but that is not true. That is not true. I don't care how old you are. You can change your ways. It's just that you've decided, I'm too old to change my ways, so that can't be done. No, that's just you being stubborn. You can change if you want to. So I encourage you as fathers, if you have adult kids, call them today. Say, listen, thanks for the opportunity I had to be your father. Don't wait for them to call you and say, thanks for being a good dad. No, you call them and say, hey, I just want to thank you for the opportunity that I've had to develop my own character by being your father. I'm going to call my boys. I'm going to beat them to the punch. That'll make them feel bad. Oh, well, we forgot to call you, Dad. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Call them. Let them know. Speak to them. If they're close, a lot of you have fathers close, go holler at them and say, hey, listen, just, I, just want you to, I just want you to know that it's an honor to be your father. We're going to close this morning. I asked the, 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 the guys to come back up and lead us in our uh, invitation song. And then uh, after that, we'll have a closing prayer, and then we'll sing our, um, we'll sing our closing chorus. Let's stand together.